The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Joy, uh, uh, who won the Bush Series, I believe, twice? Three times. Three times. Wow. Two, two, two I, I, south and one north. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Randy, and thanks a lot for being on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, first, I want to get a thing out of the way. Randy um, did some, uh, was it with the USO, Randy? Oh, it was uh, called Pro Sports out of uh, Colorado. Okay. Uh yeah. He was in Afghanistan, Jack, uh, for uh, a bit of a time, uh, uh, meeting the troops and everything, and I want to uh, actually thank Randy for doing wow. that. I, I think uh, that was great. And uh, and how did it come about? Did they give you a call and, and ask you? or? Correct. Uh, the, the pro sports people out of Colorado had gotten the call. It's very similar to the USO. Uh, they get contacted by the government uh, to, to bring the morale of the troops up. Uh, I'm not sure if they need it because their morale is very high. I, I was very interested to see how their morale was, and I felt like those guys and gals, you know, just came off of uh, a race team that just won whatever they were racing for, and they were very. It, it was very. Uh, I was impressed with the with the with the morale that was there. That's cool. Well, um, uh, did you? I mean, you had a lot of protection probably a lot of security uh approximately how many troops did you actually meet um and were they in obviously the most secure areas well every day we went to six different bases uh our, our first day there they said that was going to be their club med and uh, it, it was definitely true because it uh accommodations uh sleeping quarters Definitely went downhill from uh, when we left uh, Qatar uh, and, and went up to Afghanistan and stayed on six different bases. Uh, and we stayed every night at a different base. Every day we got up at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, to, to catch a 6 o'clock in the morning flight. Uh, and it was amazing. Uh, it, we went, went to every base. The, the food that these guys eat uh, is like a cruise ship. They get three meals a day. Uh, they they eat fine. Uh, hell, I probably gained ten, fifteen pounds while I was there. Uh, you know, their, their sleeping quarters. Uh, I'm never going to complain about a Motel Six uh, because you know that that is a Hilton compared to some of the sleeping quarters uh, at some of these bases that we're at. Uh, you know, I mean, dangerous. Yeah, I mean, we, at one of the bases, we had a suicide bomber uh, about a quarter mile away from where we were taking a tour of. Uh, of Apache helicopters uh, uh, go on and ended up killing two people from from the base we were on. So, you know, being locked down and uh, for about three hours in a bunker uh, with people that, uh, you know, I mean, uh, a couple of these guys had deer in the headlight look, and you know, they said that was the closest they've been to action themselves in 18 years. So uh, it did happen. We, we met some wonderful people. Uh, not only in the army, but the special forces guys. That uh, more, you know, those guys like to play GI Joe, 
and uh, man, they can get it done. They have some equipment that uh, is just amazing. I'm glad they're on our side. There you go. So, uh, go ahead, Terry. No, go ahead, Jack. Well, I was going to say, um, how did you get into the seating business? Well, in, in 1992, NASCAR had, uh, came to me and said, listen, uh, you can't use your fiberglass tub form-fitted seat that wrapped around my body. Uh, he says, you can't use a fiberglass anymore. You have to make them out of aluminum. Uh, I said, well, I said, 1983, I says, I was at Daytona and flipped over about 13 times. And, uh, you know, at the time, NASCAR says, as long as you're around, you could use your seat that you're using because, you know, I didn't get hurt. I had a headache uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, I didn't break anything. And then you know, it was a horrendous wreck. Uh, so as long as I had a steel cage around the seat, the fiberglass seat, you know, I didn't, the seat didn't come apart. Uh, but they says, you know, you have to get away from fiberglass. And so I went and I brought my seat to uh, a bunch of different builders uh, to see if they could come up with what I wanted. Uh, because, you know, it, it, it was 92, which I've been racing since 79. So and in the 15 years I was racing, you know, I've already won a couple of championships. And, and as a race car driver, somebody called you up, you would go drive a race car. And I would grab my helmet bag, and I'd, I'll go anywhere to, to sit there and drive a race car. And, you know, I found out that this fiberglass seat that I was using was very comfortable. Uh, it, it held me in better than any other seat that was out there. Uh, and I was like, wow, you know, my, my fiberglass seat's pretty nice. Uh, and once I had to get that produced uh, to aluminum, that was very hard to do. It was a form-fitted fiberglass seat that my dad had gotten from Mark Donahue. Uh, and, and I don't know, I was 12, 14 years old, and I was at a trade show. My dad was a racer, and he looked at the seat in Mark Donahue's car and thought it looked very comfortable, uh, bought one from Mark. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then when I started racing, I would use that. So now I had to get this aluminum so this fiberglass form-fitted seat made into aluminum, and there was nobody around that would do that for me. And uh, I said, okay. And I finally met some people through some people, as that always go, and I met a guy out of Ohio that uh, we started doing these stampings uh, that would form-fit the fiberglass, and we, we copied my fiberglass seat into aluminum seat. And I said, well, here we go. And I said, okay, uh if I'm going to make an investment uh, of this, I mean, you're, you're talking a quarter of a million dollar investment to buy the dies, sure. uh, to buy all of the stamping parts needed. Uh, I says, you know, obviously I'm going to have to go into business. Uh, and, you know, I, I thought down the road a little bit because my career wasn't really even started yet. I said, okay, you know, I, I, I am racing. I didn't know how far racing was going to take me. Uh, and I said, well, I need something to do, and, and you know, this is a whole lot better seat. That's what out. That's what's out on the market today. Uh, so, uh, you know, I made the investment, and uh, you know, it's only got me about seven hundred grand in the hole so far. So, uh, it's it, it's it's a it's a wonderful product that I have, and uh, you know, I'm just maybe not the, the smartest business guy out there quite yet. Well, I was looking on your website uh, off the ASA website. And uh, looking at your pictures of uh, race winners in your seat, 
and your winners range all the way from quarter midgets to boat racing. Correct. And I mean, that, that's something over the years, you know, I, I have gone from east coast to west coast, uh, north to south, uh, and really, if there's somebody sitting in an aluminum seat, uh, I, I want to. I, I think I have a better seat. Mm-hmm. I think I make the best aluminum seat that's out there. So that's something that uh, you know, whether it's a, is, is in a speedboat, uh, uh, Miss Geico, it's a twin turbine uh, boat that that means it's 1,100 horsepower, and uh, you know these things just rock on the road water. These things go 160, 170 mile an hour. Uh, and these guys got my full custom seats, uh, that uh, same seat that I have in my NASCAR cars, uh, in their boats. And these guys just love them, uh, whether it's a quarter midget. And, you know, this is the youngest racers that are in the world uh, that drive these quarter midgets. They, they start at age three to age four. Uh, and I don't understand, you know, quarter midgets around the country. You know, they let these kids race these things with their heads hanging out the side of the cars, uh, other than New Jersey. New Jersey has a very strict set of rules that the Jersey State Police made sure. Sure. Uh, that they don't let the kids hang out of these race cars. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just got put on the board uh, of the Jersey State Police. Uh, I mean, I'm an uh, advisor to them people. Uh, I go in twice a year, and we sit down, and we talk about rules, we talk about safety stuff, and really about the do's and the don'ts. And, and these guys have a rule book for their racetracks, and it's pretty neat. I wish other states would do what New Jersey does. Man, I'll tell you, you just hit hit on a nerve. You know, I started bringing that up, what you just are now talking about with the New Jersey deal. Um, just prior to uh, to, to Dale uh, getting, getting killed at, at Daytona, um, we had had a number of, I mean, we had had a freaky series for two years of people getting killed and maimed in Florida. And it was, a lot of it was just, I mean, accidents, obviously, you know better than we do about that, the dangers. But some of it was preventable, you know, and you always, we, my feeling has always been, you got to look at every serious accident, see what could be done, you know, uh, to, to make those. So anyway, we started bringing up the deal about New Jersey. I about got run out of Florida for bringing that up. It's amazing, you know, and... Uh, it's too bad that the industry, you know, NASCAR, we lost uh, five or six guys uh, before we lost Earnhardt. Yeah. Before anybody paid attention. Right. I mean, why do we have to kill the best we have in the sport in order for somebody to pay attention? But it's no different than drag racing. I mean, sure. you know, that that is still an ongoing challenge to get those cars better uh, due to the fact that John Force is doing it because he hurt himself last year. You know, uh, whether it's the Outlaws, the world of Outlaws. I mean, uh, Steve Kinzer's car is 20 years behind the times. But New Jersey is, uh, to my knowledge, New Jersey is the only state that really uh, is involved in a, in a real real way in the safety racing. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and I took the rule book, and I'm the North Carolina Motorsports Association. Sure. I'm a member of them. Uh, and I won an award from last year for seat innovations. Uh, and I, I met with all of the people from North Carolina Motorsports, and I gave them the rule book. And it's something that we are looking at, you know, in North Carolina. So, you know, I just think it, it just helps. You know, the more people that get educated on safety, uh, you know, it's going to help everybody. Yeah, that's I agree. Um, this 
show is called the O'Reilly ASA Fastlane, and I wanted to ask you a couple questions about the ASA, uh, Randy. Uh, what's your feelings on the Crate Motor Program? Uh, I, I've been a proponent of the Crate Motors for a long time because of the cost, and how do you feel about it? Well, you know, I haven't, uh, for cost-wise, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of of getting guys to race. Uh, I'm a race fan, and there's no different, uh, you know, going to these racetracks and you you see a a crate motor run, you know, or you see a built motor run. I'm a race fan. I I enjoy racing. Now, if I'm a, I have two kids, uh, one's a Bandolero driver, one's a late-mile driver, uh, and right now I don't have a crate motor. The, the class that one of them's running is not uh, a crate motor class, and you're looking at it, you know, sixteen thousand dollar motor. Uh, and you know there is a crate motor out there that would be the same horsepower, you know, for six thousand dollars. <laughs> but man, uh, I wish they would run it because as an owner, uh, six is a whole lot better than sixteen. Yeah, th- that must be a spec motor, which is. Uh... A whole lot cheaper than the forty thousand dollar motors they were running before that. Absolutely, I mean, and they still run today. Uh, you know, I was at a test of NASCAR Wheeler Modified uh, towards the end of last year. They had they took the Bush East motor, their spec Bush Bush motor that they have uh, that the East and the West series run, uh, and they had it in the modified. Now you're looking at a forty two thousand dollar motor uh, compared to a I think that motor is a twenty thousand dollar motor. So relatively under under half the cost. Uh, stopwatch, you couldn't tell a difference. You yep. could tell a difference on restarts, and you could visually see a little difference. But then again, you know, for that twenty-two thousand dollars difference in cost, uh, you know, obviously the built motor was was quicker turning. It was a lighter motor, so it, it got up the RPM quicker, it slowed down quicker. So restarts and the jump off the corner was different, but the lap times were the same. And one fan out of a thousand might see that difference. Exactly right. You know, uh, driving wise, you talk to the guys driving. You know, they're. they're I think it, it gets the drivers to be better with the crate motor because it's all about momentum. You know, you can't lose momentum. You don't have sure. that snap in the gas pedal that can get you up to the guy's door. And once you get to the guy's door, nine times out of ten, you do have a spot, uh, and you really got to plan yourself. And you really got to keep your your cornering speeds up uh, to, to be to be better without the crate motor. But it's a prime example of what you're talking about, Randy. The ASA crate motor has the track record at Bristol with the new configuration. Uh, over NAS- all the NASCAR series, over the super late models, because they carry their speed through the corner so well, they have the track record there. Absolutely. I mean, and, that, and that's one thing that. You know, the crate motors do is puts an emphasis, a huge emphasis, on getting the cars to work and your center to corner speed. Mm-hmm. Well, like I was telling you before Jack came back, Ron Barney was just on the show right before you and made the announcement of the, the Triple Crown race, uh, one at ORP, one at Salem. Uh, the ORP race is in the end of April, and the Salem one's in July. And Memphis Motorsports Park, which is in November. The finale. Pardon me? The finale, right. And if you win all three of the races, uh, you win a $100,000 bonus. No, I mean, that's that's, that's cool. I mean, that is something, obviously, that they have assured uh, because it's sort of like when you go to a golf tournament for a hole in one. Yep. Uh, Yeah, it's a 
small chance, but somebody's going to do it. They used to do that at somebody the. Could do it. Yeah, they used to do that snowball. I'm sure you. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I mean, Winston Million. Winston did that years ago. Sure. Uh, and a couple, three guys, you know, won three out of the four big events. Uh, you know, over the course of the years, and you know, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, uh, Ron Varney and, and his group need to be commended on that. I mean, that's that's all. When you get a chance to race at no, number one, they're very great racetracks. I mean, if, if you win at uh, O'Reilly Raceway Park, uh, if if you win at Memphis, you know, any of these three venues a huge win. If you put three of them together, golly, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then we're also going to run at uh, Gateway International Raceway in conjunction with the Craftsman Trucks this year. Okay, I just seen that. Yes, I, I seen that announcement, and I think that's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, they have run there in the past, and they put on a great show. I mean, you know, the, the, those ASA cars are, you know, oh, and always have been uh, some serious race cars. And boy, they they definitely run well in the good looking cars. Where, where did you start out, Randy? I started out in Connecticut in a, in a Northeast Modified, an open-wheel modified. Oh, okay. Uh, and my first time uh, in, in a closed-wheeled car was a Bush North car that happened to be at New London Waterford Racetrack, which I was a competitor at. The, the promoter of the racetrack made a deal with the promoter of the series to put a local guy in the car, uh, you know, and to, to get the local fans, and he picked me. Uh, it was my first year at the Speedway, and uh, he let me run this uh, full-body late-model car. And uh, Robbie Crouch's dad, who was, was a legend in, in Vermont, right. his dad, you know, was the crew chief on his car, and I drove the car. We, we qualified, like, I think third, and we, we got the lead, and we led some. And then by the end of the race, I was looking at the right side window, and I got lapped. And, <laughs> uh, and the guy told me at the end of the race, he goes, son, you were driving a car too fast through the corners. And I thought I, I looked at him like the man had two heads. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't really know a whole lot about tire management, you know, because when you're running uh, 25, 30-lap features, you're on the gas the whole way. Right. All the time. But when you run a 150-lap race, you know, by 70th lap, I was done. I mean, my right rear tire was done. It was gone. <laughs> uh, but I still had another half of the race to go. Uh, so my tires management uh, got taught to me pretty quickly. Um, and when uh, did you move south uh, to run the Bush Series? I moved south in 1988. Uh, a year, uh, a matter of fact, it was about a month after I got married. Uh, Jimmy Spencer moved to the Cup Series, and his owner called and said, hey, why don't you come run for me? And I said, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. And uh, <laughs> so I left my wife at home, and I, and I moved south uh Moved in with a guy, uh, little Jimmy Smith, that uh, his dad and my dad raced against each other. Uh, his wife is now my office manager, and uh, you know it's uh, it's something that that I've seen that I wanted to do, and I did it. And you know I haven't gone back to the junkyard back in Connecticut yet. <laughs> you know, Randy, at the at the the, the next to the last night there, the night of the uh, the memorial race uh, uh, at New Smyrna Speedway. This year they had a big uh, reunion uh, for old-time modified drivers, and uh, I'm not from up there. At, but I, I, what we did is we arranged to, to interview a, a bunch of those guys. What a show that was there! They must have had there was probably two or three hundred people showed up, and about a hundred of them were drivers from 
you know, up in the New England area in New York and uh, and uh, Bill Wimble and guys like that. It was absolutely fascinating. I had never met any of those people and didn't know much about them. I'll tell you, it was quite an experience. It was it was amazing to see people. I'm 58 years old, and there was it was amazing to me to see people who were my age meeting their childhood heroes. You know, I mean, it was Correct. it was Correct. amazing, man. That, that, it's amazing. I mean, you know, my my hair is standing up on my arms uh, yeah. uh, due to the fact that uh, these guys, you know, uh, whether it's uh, you know my dad got voted into the New England Auto Racing Hall of Fame. Uh, four or five years ago, and you know, to see the inductees into that, you know, I was like, wow, I grew up watching these guys, you know, yeah, uh, and, and it's awesome. And you know, I, I'm a huge race fan, and you know, I learned a lot from watching races. I mean, I think that's what's a little bit different today is you know, people don't bring the kids to the racetracks as much, you know, there's way too much stuff to do other than go to the racetrack. So, you know, there's a lot of kids missing out on some great racing out there, and then. You know, it's so cool to see, you know, no matter when I go out on my Safer Racer tour uh, and I'm trying to pedal seats all across the country, you know, I mean, I, I have to tell myself, you know, don't watch the races. you got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's tough because, uh, you know, I'm such a race fan that, God, ain't nothing better than a, than a, a great feature race somewhere, you know. Well, and I'll tell you, we can't let you go without asking you this question because we always we like to talk about this with people like yourself who've been around it, and especially, you're, you know, you're a, you're a championship racer in NASCAR. Give us your take on this youth movement over the last 10, 12 years. Well, uh, I don't know. I think NASCAR has been punked. Uh, you know, I had somebody call into the serious radio show I was on as a co-host, and uh, you know, he said, the, you know, NASCAR has been punked uh, due to the fact that, you know, these guys are, are making – a lot of money today, uh, and their their respect is not there. Their attitudes aren't there. Uh, you know, they, they haven't done what the generation before them have done, and, and how they got there. But it's no different than basketball or football. Yeah, so that's right. They're all you know the, the NASCAR is no different than any other stick and ball sport. They all gotten younger, uh, and you know the older guys say the young guys have lost respect for the game. Uh, but they're playing it with different tools that we played it with. So, so the whole sport is different, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, you could never before I ever went to a racetrack, I couldn't play a computer game and find out where the bumps were and and stuff like that. And that's what the advantage of these kids have. I mean, uh, sure, these guys, these video games. I mean, you know, the paint on a wall is similar. Uh, yeah, you don't feel the bumps, but you've already driven over the bumps on a computer game. You can't, you know, the tools are different now. Yeah, and you can't go to a local short track anywhere anymore. It seems without there's always all of them got a 13 year old star on the, on sitting there. Yes, I mean they're all, which you know, 13 years old. I mean, like I said, I could go all across this country, and then the variety of young kids out there, it's amazing. And you know, it's like going to the Tulsa Shootout uh, the week before the Chili Bowl yeah. for the micro sprints. Uh, the 600, and it's like walking helmets. You know, it's a helmet with feet and arms that come out from underneath <laughs> this thing. And you watch them jump in a, in a micro sprint and literally just run around near 100 mile an hour and gas it up and pass cars. And you sit there, you're like, wow, this is amazing. You know, this is cool. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, the ASA, um, it's, it's, we're really glad that you're, you're, you're part of that whole deal and, and helping uh, gives, gives you an opportunity to get your, your, uh, your product, the joy of seating out in front of a lot of people, and a lot of young, young people. And, and I, know, I can tell, and I didn't know this until today, but I, I can tell that you're definitely a teacher. Well, I mean, that, that's, uh, I've changed my focus, and, it, and I believe what teachers have to say when they say they never get paid enough. Uh, because, I mean, education, to, to educate people, it's a hard thing to do. And uh, I'm, I'm having, uh, you know, I, the Ron Varneys and the Sandy Varneys, uh, and, and they believe in safety. And there's a lot of people that don't. Uh, and, you know, the industry has to change, not not just, you know, the drivers, but, uh, you know, the, the, well, I'm working with section and bodies, the IMCA people, the DIRT people. Uh, I mean, you know, NASCAR does a very good job teaching their divisions on how to do it. Uh, so that's something that, you know, education is tough. Uh, you know, if I go to a, a five-day event, uh, last year I went to North Dakota and did five days uh, in a, the Dakota Classic Tour. You know, Sunday night when I was there, you know, the guys looked at you different than they did on Wednesday, you know, because I, I camped with the guys. I might have brought a little moonshine with me. <laughs> we might have had to, we might have stayed up late a little bit, uh, you know, but by Wednesday, guys that wouldn't talk to me on Sunday are buying seats and I'm installing them on Thursday. So, I mean, it was neat to see how the attitudes changed, you know. They say, hey, this guy's not that bad guy. You know, I mean, you know, sometimes people think you're a NASCAR champion, you're going to be a stick in the mud. Right. Uh, and, you know, I've seen that with some of the promoters. I mean, hey, I get in there and, you know, if you want me to drive, or drive your two-seater around and give rides, man, I'll do that. I don't care. You know, if it puts some people in your grandstands, you know, promote that two-time NASCAR champions coming. You know, let's let's use it. Let's do it, you know. Um, I'm here to teach these guys that uh, the videos that I have seen, uh, you know, these guys don't get the chance to see those videos that, that NASCAR guys see. Uh, and, you know, I did a, a show in uh, Lake Havasu, Arizona, and there were 70 cars there, a little Saturday night special show, and uh, they... Uh, Two guys came up to me after the race, after the meeting and showed the video, and they said, hey, you know, I'm not sure I want to race tonight. He goes, this, this is dangerous. <laughs> I said, absolutely it is. Yeah. You know? And, and, uh, you know, and they said, can you come inspect my car? Can you come look at it? I said, yeah. You know, and, and I spent probably an hour with these guys. And, you know, it was just small stuff. You know, the way the seatbelts were wrapped around the bars. Uh, uh, we had to clearance some, some so they, the seatbelts didn't get cut. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these guys don't have the seatbelts mounted correctly. That uh, You know, with just a little bit of work, you can mount the things correctly for them. Uh, and then stuff that they didn't know. I mean, the, the, the chassis builder, you know, put three bolts to hold the seat in. Well, I mean, that's uh, you can't do that anymore. These containment seats uh, need a half a dozen bolts in order to hold them correctly. Uh, so that's just, you know, the whole industry is changing. Uh, you know, you mentioned about promoting you. What about if we can get you a ride for the Triple Crown races? <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Uh, you know, Ron has asked me to do some races with him. Uh, and, you know, I'm trying to get my sons up and running. Uh, it's something that been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And my, you know, uh, and if I do go, I don't think it's fair for me to beat these kids. Oh, so, I see. So I'll let the kids go out and, and race. And, and, you know, I've been there. I've done that. Uh uh, yes, I would love to. I mean, could I still do it? I mean, I did some celebrity stuff last year. Like I said, I, I raced at Haversu, 
and you know, I started 18th and finished second. And, you know, it was one of the best races I've ever had. It was awesome. I had a great time. Uh, you well, know, but, you, but I don't want to get in the way of these guys for fighting for championships either. You know, I understand. You know, but these guys you, are doing this, and, and you know that that's that's good. Let these guys do it. <laughs> you know, I'll try to teach them some safety parts. But uh, then again, you know, a hundred thousand dollars is still a hundred thousand dollars. I know. You said earlier you, <laughs> you were seven hundred thousand in the hole, so <laughs> I, I, I can get out of it in a hurry. Yeah, you get ten thousand if you win two or uh, extra. Okay. <laughs> I think we're back to what Ron Vardy was talking about. Older and wiser. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Randy, we really appreciate you coming on this show with us, the, the uh, O'Reilly ASA Fast Lane. And uh, I got one last question, Jack. Go for it. How's your TV career going? Well, I, I have three more races. I got the same three races I did last year uh, at O'Reilly Raceway Park uh, in, in Indy in August, the following week in Montreal. And uh, then in Memphis again. So I got three races uh, for ESPN. I I tried for more, but uh, you know I uh, you know you got Rusty Wallace leaving the driver's seat. You got Dale Jarrett leaving the driver's seat. Yeah. And these guys are all jumping on board with ESPN. I was like, God, oh, what is a little bush guy like me? <laughs> That's tough for work. So hopefully I, I do a good job. I got those three races. Uh, I'm gonna do some serious radio work uh, and do some. Uh, do some work on the radio. Uh, that's that's neat. That's fun. Yeah. Would you mind if we had you on the show down the road? Not at all. I'd okay. love, love to help you guys. Great. Great. Thanks a lot. And of course, the joy of seating. Where where we? You have a website. It's uh, joyofseating.net. Yep. Or dot com. I think there's any way you can go there. The joy seats. Uh, I mean, there's. Hopefully, we got all angles covered. Uh, you could look under aluminum seats, and hopefully, we are under aluminum seats. Uh, or at least custom aluminum seats, I know we are. Uh, so, uh, thejoyofseating.com. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Randy. Thanks, Randy. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, Terry. All right. Can't Randy beat that. Can't beat that with a, with a crowbar, oh. man.